Bonjour, welcome to another live stream edition of Café de René. I'm joined once again by Star Show, Mr. René Dupree. And René, our guest is waiting in the lobby. Introduce him. Yes, so our guest this week is a second generation superstar. He's uh, rising through the ranks of uh, the hot new promotion, AEW. Uh, you said he's waiting, right? Yep. Okay, he's, uh, yes, the son of the late, great Brian Pillman. He's the one, the only Brian Pillman Jr. How's everybody doing? Bonjour, monsieur. Bonjour. How's it going, Brian? So, uh, Brian, where where are you talking to us from? Where where are you at right now? Uh, I'm in Cincinnati, Ohio. Northern, Northern Kentucky, right across the river from Cincinnati. Right. Yeah, I uh, I lived in Cincinnati for about a month back in 2002. That's where the nice. WWF first sent me to HWA. Heck yeah. Yeah. That was the old days, yeah, the old indie. Yeah, so how old are you now, right? I'll be 20. I just turned 29 on September 9th. 29. Wow. Yeah. That's a fun age. Oh yeah. So, uh, so for all our listeners here, who might not be, um, you know, aware of your career and stuff. Just uh, tell us uh, when did it all start? You know, how'd you break in? Where'd you break in? And the whole nine, dude. Yeah. So uh, you know, my whole life, I kind of had some interest in getting into wrestling you know i just wasn't too sure like who to talk to or how to break in and i just sort of played it safe and went to college and 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 did all that and got my degree and everything um and then it it came came calling to me one day in the form of a of a phone call from from stone cold steve austin he'd said something about uh he had this cardillo weight belt uh that he was going to give me that belonged to my dad's you know had flying on the back of it and I thought, well, that's really cool. And maybe I'll take this opportunity to talk to Steve and uh, pick his brain a little bit and see what he thinks about possibly pursuing a career in pro wrestling. And he basically told me, you know, you know, you, you know, obviously to do whatever makes me happy and that, you know, there's definitely a spot for me out there if I wanted to try it. So it kind of gave me the motivation I needed and um, I wanted to go to the best school in the world, so I I, uh, I saved up my money. And after about six months of working my my big boy job, fresh out of college, <laughs> uh, they had, they agreed to lay me off and pay me a severance package, and I used that to pay for my training to go train with Lance Storm. I lived in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, for three months and trained with Lance Storm. It was awesome. So, and that rest is history. You know, I just started taking indie dates and uh, touring the country and. Next thing you know, I left the country, went to England. You know, I'd already I already been to Canada and, and been to some shows there and Mexico and and then uh, finally, you know, when the pandemic came around, I just pushed myself to go down and get seen by uh, AEW. So down at the Nightmare Factory, you know, they were training some people, and I thought, well, this is my chance to get scouted. You know, so I went down there and got hired by AEW. Awesome. Wow. How was it uh, breaking in, Brian? Obviously, something Renee can relate to being second generation. Is that more pressure on yourself, like from promoters and trainers, or did you find it was less pressure? Yeah, I mean, it just depends. You're thrown into a lot of uh, 
big important spots early on. So I would say the pressure is probably higher than the most, you know, person, I think, you know, you know, it's easier to kind of get thrown into the fire, you know, when you have a second generation last name like mine, you know, uh, people just kind of throw you out there because they know, you know, you'll sell tickets and there's good interest, you know, but it, so again, at the end of the day, it's the pressure to execute at the level that you're being thrown out there at. And, you know, with a lot of trial and error and just finding myself, you know, I finally got into a style that I was comfortable with, you know, it was really hard at first though, you know, cause I was always on shows that, you know, a lot of people were trying to get on, you know what I mean? So uh, there was that, uh, that bar that I had to, you know, I had to rise to the occasion on many times, you know, so. But no, it was great. It was always a good learning experience and it made me better a lot quicker, you know, in, in just five years I've been doing this. I've I've gotten to a level that, you know, is at a very high level in a short amount of time. So awesome. So tell me more about Calgary, dude. How did you enjoy uh living up here in Canada? I liked it a lot. Um it was really nice, really clean. I really liked the grocery and the beef and all that. <laughs> um <laughs> I just went back recently because, um, the, you know, Brett started having a show in Calgary. Right. Brett and his sons, Dallas and them, and they started promoting, like, a really good show. So I got to go back up there, and it was so cool to go back and to see Calgary and stuff. It just it was a really fun place to live for three months, you know. I got to see a lot of the nature and a lot of the hiking and stuff, and that's popular out there. Yeah, Calgary, a whole other, whole different place, you know, really, really unique place on earth, you know. Those Calgarian women are uh, pretty nice, aren't they? Yeah, there's really beautiful women out there for sure. <laughs> yeah, there is. So, uh, what time of year were you there? Um, from September 11th to December 1st. Oh, okay. 2017. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> so you never really experienced like the full fledged winter. Canadian winter. When's that? Like February? Well, yeah, from January to like uh, oh, yeah. March. It's pretty. But I mean, I, I mean, I had a pretty. I mean, it was pretty wintry up there. It was definitely snowy all the time. Right. And then I drove when I drove home. I drove through Canada and then down. So I drove through Saskatchewan in like a straight blizzard. I mean, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. I went yeah. to go get my gas and just to fill gas up out of the gas station, just like would freeze my hands off. That was <laughs> wild. <laughs> so yeah, so like when your dad was working that territory, they would, um, yeah, they would do those long trips, like from Calgary to like Winnipeg or like Saskatchewan. So I don't know. I only did the trip one time. I went from Winnipeg all the way to Calgary. It was like fifteen or sixteen straight hours, and we blew a tire like an hour outside of Winnipeg. So we had to change it in like minus 40 degree weather. Minus oh my gosh. Brutal. Yeah. That's wild. <laughs> yeah, man. So James, you got any more questions? Yeah. Um, so one of the big things you've been part of since coming to AEW, Brian, is obviously part of the Fast Two Blondes with Griff Garrison. Did you ever tag up before AEW? Was this the first time you tagged? And if so, how did the, the idea come about? No, uh, Griff and I met at AEW. We were sort of put together as like a like a developmental, you know, just like a test kind of run thing. And uh, I never met him outside of that until, you know, until then. You know, now we do take indie dates together. We actually have a show coming up this weekend uh, oh, cool. in Rhode Island, I believe. Him and I will be tagging. 
Um, but yeah, no, it was cool. You know, I was, we, we, we would always meet up at the Charlotte airport cause he was living in Greensboro and I'm living in Cincinnati. So we would always have a layover together in Charlotte on our way down to Jacksonville for TV. And, uh, I remember the one time I, I saw him at the airport and I thought, you know, I bet they're putting us together as a tag team or something. You know what I mean? Cause I had seen how many tag teams there were and how tag team oriented the company was. Um, so it was cool to be a part of that, of that, you know, upper echelon of tag teams for a long time. I mean, we were in Jacksonville and him and I were wrestling the young bucks and FTR like on the regular, you know? So it was pretty cool to be up there with those guys and to get those reps, um, with them, you know, I think, you know, it's, it's a shame that creatively they never really found a good direction for us. Um, mm. But we were hanging out there, hanging out there with the best of them just as a brand new tag team. You know, I mean, we're only, I think we're only two years old as of now, as of July. Uh, him and I have been signed for one whole year, but we wrestled for basically a year before that, you know, so like without being signed. So, you know, we paid our dues before we got our contracts, you know. So I, I, I think that it was great to, to learn that side of wrestling. Um, I think at some point I'll be getting back into the singles action. But, man, I love tag wrestling. It was awesome. It still yeah. is awesome. Yeah. And uh, you've just had the angle now where, obviously, Julia Hart's just been taken away joining the House of Black. Uh, how much of a difference has that made, her leaving the group? Do you – I don't know – did you prefer having a manager or do you prefer now just used to going at it? I mean, I mean, I mean, it's pretty plain as day what happened. You know what I mean? As soon as we lost her, we kind of lost our edge and our spark that made us a, a good group, a baby face group that could have got over, you know, well, you know, a lot of what we were going to do uh, with some different spots with her, you know, had a lot to do with, you know, like her cheerleading background and playing to her strengths, you know, so. But, you know, somebody came in and decided that they would do better with their group, and then that's just how it goes, you know. Uh, I definitely wasn't happy with it, you know, to be quite honest. But it is what it is. It's not my show. It's business, you know. But um, I thought maybe that probably what what really stopped us from really seeing the true potential of the Varsity Blondes was uh, we lost her before we even got going. Yeah. Like I said, in Jacksonville and uh, even in Texas when we first hit the road, you know, uh, we were a really hot act because uh, we had her coming out and doing handsprings and stuff. And and uh, she would do different like cheerleading gimmicks with like the signs. And then we did the spray can thing with the young bucks. Like, so she was pretty integral part of our act. Uh, so you take that away and then you just got a couple guys that, you know, And I, I mean, I, I just remember the first thing I got approved, you know, my first big pitch was having her join us, you know, and I got that. Proof. So it's a great feeling when you pitch a creative idea and it's like it's green lit, you know what I mean? Like the bosses are in and they're happy with it, you know. So to sort of have that sort of taken apart was was kind of rough for me, you know, at that point in my career. But but I'm very happy with how it turned out. I'm really happy with the moment that she had at the pay-per-view. Um, very happy with, uh, you know, just just, you know being at AEW in general, you know, I, I don't think the varsity blondes was like the fullest creative extension of myself. I don't think it was, it's not like I didn't give a lot of my effort into it, but it was definitely something easy that I thought the crowd would digest easily. Um, and something that Griff could work with, you know, cause it's not like me and Griff, were just going to turn into these evil, you know, dark and mysterious Kung Fu masters. You know what I mean? Like it just made a lot of sense for us to have like a cool, 
generic, like rowdy, just like jock gimmick, you know, like just a couple yeah. of young guys that are getting after it. And, uh, and it made it easy for us to work with a lot of people. And I thought we worked well with a lot of people. Um, we had some really good underrated matches um, on Elevation and Dark. We had like a, a really good match with Butcher and Blade. So some different things that we did that might not always get appreciated just because, you know, we weren't exactly the focus point of those stories. You know what I mean? We weren't the ones getting a push. But, uh, you know, I think people might look back on the Varsity Blondes quite fondly, actually. You know, and who knows what's next for us, you know. So, so. So tell me, um, before you went to AEW, didn't you do some stuff with uh, MLW? Yeah, I had a lot of fun with MLW. That's where I got to meet uh, my 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 Canadian brothers, I guess, uh, Davy Boy and Teddy. So I got to meet with them and work with them and learn a lot of different stuff there, like TV stuff, and just you know, cut my teeth a little bit. Sorry, um, but get some experience with the hard cam and all that, you know. MLW was great. They, they they treated me as like a top carter, and they you know they pretty much they pretty much pushed pushed me for the most part and put me with some great guys like low key and stuff. So and you know it always feels good like that. But you know obviously money is a huge thing too. You know what I mean? Like if it was all just about how you're booked and and how you, comfortable you feel, then you wouldn't make any money, right? I would just go work at the local show and be the champ. You know. But, <laughs> um, no, you got to strive to be at the next level. And, uh, and you know, I tried to stay with MLW and work something out financially. But, you know, I knew there was opportunities for me to make better money. So, you know, that's really all it came down to. I think they have great athletes. I think they have a great uh, sports style of presentation. You know, it's, it's, it's got a lot of, you know, it's got a lot of uh, realism aspect of it. You know, MLW is a cool show, you know. So tell me about like, um, were you under contract with MLW or? Yeah, I was just under contract, so it just had to run out, you know. Okay. They, they didn't want to release it or anything, so just waited for it to run out. And AEW still employed me, so. Yeah. Oh, so you were under contract to AEW while was, you were still working for MLW, or? Or I was working for AEW while I was still under contract for MLW. Oh wow! Sorry. Oh, wow. Long day. <laughs> oh. okay. so, yeah, I, yeah, I was I was kind of being held not you know not like they meant to do it that way but it was the pandemic and they didn't know when they were going to run again if they were going to use me or not so right they just kept me under contract and they they just turned to you know they were like go work for them you know but as far as MLW they, they don't run very much do they I don't know what their schedule is anymore but they ran zero shows during the pandemic and that's when I needed to eat and feed my family so I had to go oh there. so it was it basically <laughs> you're under contract but if you don't work you don't get paid yeah it was one of those things yeah like a per uh, day yeah, per per day basis yeah but you're under contract so basically you have to like clear all your bookings with them it wasn't that like they weren't that controlling of it all you know they just had signed me to like a certain number of dates per year that I had right. to make but since they weren't running that I didn't have to worry about making them. So, but like yeah. saying, like you were to say, get an offer to go tour in Europe or tour in Japan, and that would contradict those date, like the one date you had for them. They could easily say, no, we need you for this date. So you have. Well, to it was the, my last year with them was during the middle of the pandemic, so there was no real worry about conflicting dates because nobody was running. You know, right? AEW was the only company running, and I, I just wanted to get my contract 
out of the way so I could start a new one with AEW. But right. But as soon as that MLW one ran out, you know, AEW signed me up and we're good to go. So well, everything works out for a reason. You know, everything works out. So. Yeah, definitely. Well, we got some fan questions here. Uh, yep, I'll just pull them up. Uh, Josh Coffey, thank you. I respect you, Booker Man. Uh, Brian, you're an awesome upcoming talent. I really think you could be big if you adopt the loose cannon gimmick and go to WWE. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate that. So, I think it's important that I evolve my character, you know, but, you know, how I do that and where I go and do that is, you know, not really my choice. You know, it's really just being the best you can be and knocking all the opportunities out of the park. You know? So how do you feel about that? Like, do you get that asked you a lot, like, or recommend like, hey, man, you should do like your dad did or. How do you feel about it? Do you, would you rather be your own man and come up with your own ideas? or? Yeah, I hear that a lot. I get that all the time. Um, but, I, you know, and it, it, I understand how, like, why people, you know, see that in me. And, you know, obviously, like, I look like him and I could probably pull off something similar. But I'm also a very creative person. Um, and I think people will be surprised when they see my own take on something like that, you know. Like, I think I could do something even better or even more creative just because of the technology we have today and yeah. and just how the, the industry is different. You know, whatever my dad did then back then is not going to work today, right? The exact mm-hmm. same thing's not going to work, right? So we got to find out what will work today and, and, and what type of content and what type of character would really turn some heads today. But, yeah, I do think there's something on the horizon that I'm working on. So people well, you're still only 29. I mean, you got to – you got a long career ahead of you. you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, got another couple here. Uh, HBK's Lazy Eye. Uh, Brian first David Benoit, WrestleMania 40. That'd be wild. That'd be wild. I mean, WrestleMania is, you know, a huge time. You know, it. we have to get David started wrestling, and then maybe that could happen one day. But, Did you get a chance to meet David while you were up? Yeah, I've met him a number of times, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I never got a chance to meet him. Hopefully someday I like to sit and talk with him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you can talk about this, Brian. If you can, please. But if not, just say you can't. Uh, if it can be said, mm-hmm. Team EVP or Team Punk? Uh, I wasn't there, so I didn't get to see who won the fight. So I'm not going to decide whose side I'm on. I pick the, whoever won the fight. That's who's on. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going to side with the losers, I'll say that. <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, it's just, it's over my head, you know. I wasn't there, and I look up to all the guys, so I'm like, damn, I can't believe my heroes are fighting each other, but it is what it is, you know. I'm just, whenever I'm there, I'm just happy to be there, try not to piss anybody off and get punched myself, so. Great attitude to have, I'm bro. sure people have probably wanted to punch me, too, so I thought, you know what, good thing I've, ducked. I've dodged that, but, you know. They're all great guys. Everybody just loves wrestling and and just different personalities. That's all. Yeah. People have different personalities. Things change. You know, we were in Jacksonville in the pandemic, and then when I were on the road, and it's a little more, you know, a little more serious, and people are starting to clash a little bit. That's all. Uh, just try and get rid of some of these super chats. Uh, hey, Brian, big fan. Can I ask who pitched uh, you joining the New Heart Foundation in MLW? Also, your feud against the Dynasty in that promotion was legendary. 
Oh yeah, I love that. I loved working with Max in the Dynasty. That was super cool. We did some fun shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was totally. Uh, I mean, the court, uh, the runner of MLW, Corp Bauer. You know, he's in charge of the creative over there. So he approached me with it, and I thought, well, I just started wrestling. Can't hurt to be on YouTube and make some extra money. So I thought it was great. I loved it. Went to a lot of places with MLW. Traveled a lot of places with them. They bought me lots of flights. You've sure. never been to Japan, have you, Brian? Never been to Japan. Is that something on your bucket list? Yeah, I've actually had a real strong itch to go there lately. Um, I just, I'm waiting on my new, you know, I'm waiting to, to catch some buzz and hopefully debut um, a new gimmick, you know, and uh, get, get some buzz with that on TV maybe, and then see if I can carry that over and, get a little tour approved to go to Japan. I think it'd be really cool. I think my style now and the way I wish to present myself will uh, do really well over there. I think people will be surprised. I think I would get quite over in Japan with the way I look and wrestle. Did your dad ever work Japan? Yeah. I thought so. Yeah, he did a bunch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you mentioned uh, AW, uh, MLW a minute ago, Dynasty. Someone we've had on the show, friend of the show, uh, Hammerstone. I would imagine he would be someone you'd like to see in AW one day. Hammerstone, yeah, one of my best opponents ever. I've had some of my best learning experiences in the ring with him and some of my best matches, honestly. Um, had a really cool match with him for the inaugural Openweight Championship. It was at a really sweet venue. I'll never forget it. And he's a good friend and a good dude, so. Oh, yeah. He's one of the best ones. Uh, he's working MOW lately. It's been really good. And, um, yeah, and I always find him as just a really good babyface. How he can, he's got like a really good comeback spot now. I think mm -hmm. he's really succeeding as a babyface. Mm -hmm. yeah, he's awesome. Uh, I'm done with a nice compliment. Who has the better mullet, yourself or Tony Schiavone? Uh, I don't know what Schiavone's going for these days, but. <laughs> That, that question's pretty rhetorical. I have the best mullet in wrestling. I got the best hair in wrestling. I don't even know if it's a mullet anymore. People are I, to say, I, yeah, like I think you're past the mullet phase, pal. I know. It's too long up here now. I just got <laughs> freaking crazy hair now. Yeah. They're calling me White Tanahashi or Dollar Store Tanahashi. <laughs> Dollar Store Tanahashi? Yeah. Oh, yeah, shit. Didn't, uh, didn't Tanahashi show up to AEW? Yeah, we've seen him a couple. Yeah, we had him a couple times. Yeah. Oh, okay. We did a yeah. forbid Forbidden Door show. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. And uh, you mentioned obviously you've worked with some of the best tag teams in AEW, like FTR and uh, Young Bucks and stuff. Who's been your favorite tag to work against? Um. Yeah. I mean, every time I've worked with FTR, I've gotten better. I've gotten stronger. I've gotten faster. So they've made me a better performer. I love working with FTR. Um, they're great guys. They got a good relationship with Brett. You know, they got a lot of respect in the industry. So I know that if they're telling me something, it's probably right. So, and um, obviously, uh, you've been a tag now for well, sign tag, I suppose, for the past year. But is it, would you say, in your future, if uh, you would love to try and make it as a singles, like going forward, or are you happy being a tag for the time being? Yeah, I think I've been starting to come into my own recently. Just being off TV, I've been doing a lot of training and reflecting on how I'm going to come back and stuff. And uh, I think I think there's a lot of singles potential for me in the future. So 
but I'll never forget, and I'll always love tag wrestling. You know what I mean? And, and who knows? Maybe I will. Just depends on how I'm booked, right? <laughs> but uh, maybe I will get back into the tag scene heavy. Um, I had a really awesome match at Ric Flair's last match pay per view. Uh, me and Brock Anderson uh, tore it up really well. So maybe there's some potential there. Yeah, I'm surprised because the amount of uh, second generation and third generation wrestlers in AEW, I'm surprised there isn't like a big stable of yours together. Like, I don't know, the the newcoming or the Fortunate Sons or some name like that, there's a lot of potential for something like that. Yeah, I know. I, you know, I pitched something similar to that, including, all you know, all the second generation wrestlers in the company. I think it would make for uh, a great storyline and a potential faction to have us all involved, but you know, that's just an idea, you know. So before you, you were signed up to AEW and Emma, was there any interest within WWE? Um, yeah, I, I uh, before I went to Lance Storm School, I talked to uh, Regal, and Regal actually set me up with a tour of the Performance Center. Um, right. before I went and trained, but I just never wanted to blow my first impression there. And my career naturally, naturally brought me to AEW. So I didn't want to just, I didn't want to disrupt the flow of, of the work I was doing and, and where it was taking me, you know, and my trainer always told me, you know, you don't really get to decide where you go. It's just, you know, they pick you or, you know, you, you go with the opportunities that come your way. So I still have my, you know, I still have, yet to leave a first impression there. So um, if I ever go there, I think it would be a good chance if I did, you know, because I could start over or something or, you know what I mean? It's just like, I haven't, you know what I mean? I just haven't gone there. I haven't had any interest to, but if it comes my way, it comes my way. You know what I mean? It's, it's the way I look at it, you know, mm. in my eyes, I didn't want to go there when I was too young and, and silly and like ruin a first impression, you know? Mm. That's the thing with, um, AW, it's a great thing for that there's so many tag teams, but at the same time, it's a bit of a um, you know a negative because there's so many tag teams fighting for like that top spot, and some tag teams can get a bit lost. Um, has there ever been any talks like, for example, WCW NWA back in the day where you had your second tier tag team, like United United States tag team titles? Do you reckon bringing a secondary tag team titles into the company would be? A good thing or do you reckon they should just keep with one tag titles uh, i think there's a lot of titles going around um i don't know that another pair of tag titles is going to solve any issues with that you know we do have a lot of guys and it's very competitive but you know that's what makes the tag team titles so special you know i look at them as i think there's a lot more value to those tag titles than there are to some of the other belts you know uh, i think the tag titles have always changed hands in a very important way um, they've always been well respected. So, um, yeah, I do think that keeping it just the tag titles is better than just throwing out more belts and shit, you know, because at that point, then they become less special, you know. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. Uh, someone liked your idea, but for the uh, second generation stable, uh, Matthew Underwood, uh, Brian's future with Brock Anderson, Andrade, and Wyndham with AA as manager. Mm <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. I've I've seen some fan theories going around like that. Maybe you guys know something more than I do, but uh, <laughs> I'm not in the booking committee. But but that would be really cool. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, but yeah, I mean, if you was in the booking committee, then like just some fancy booking here, 
how would you like to take your character going forward? Stay as a tag or any single ideas, what you're thinking? Yeah, if we could talk, have this sort of character for me, what would that conversation look like? Um, yeah, I don't want to give away too many of my secrets, but uh, <laughs> but no, I think yeah, because you know someone's going to steal it, bro. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to give away too much of my creative energy, but um, because that's you know so much of wrestling is surprising, you know, surprising the fans with something new, you know. Um, but no, I I do think that uh, if I were to be able to choose my direction, as I would I would try to showcase, you know a new style and uh, and show people what I'm really about, maybe with like a nice singles match or something, you know. Which um, style one-on-one one would you like to work with the most who, who you reckon could bring out the best in you? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of great talent. There's a lot of young guys. I, I really wanted uh, – I almost had this match with Serpentico that would have been like 10 minutes long, and then our time got cut, so we had to cut all of it. So I'd love to redo that match with Sir Penico. Uh, I'd love to work with Dante Martin. Um, and, and I still have a lot of unfinished business with MJF, you know, finishing up that feud that we started, you know. There's a lot of unresolved issues there. So um, a lot of heat on him and, and personal issues I have with him. So might be something we can revisit. What's wrong, Stormerby? Hey, puppy. Why are you being – uh-oh. So there's one thing I want to, want to talk about. Like, I've seen the Dark Side of the Ring episode on your dad or whatever, right? And I, I, I kind of felt like that was the perfect opportunity for them to capitalize on that great exposure. You know what I mean? To really highlight you. I mean, you don't have to comment on it if you don't want, but how would you feel about that, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, I definitely feel like we could have done a lot more. I mean – at that point in my career, I was getting all kinds of attention, both mainstream and just in the wrestling world. Um, there was a lot of, uh, you know, hey, Miss, Miss, I'm on the podcast. I don't know why she's barking. The door's open. You can go. Um, so, yeah, it kind of, you know what I mean? In, in a perfect world, the ideal business decision would probably have been to push me at that time. But, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Um we ended up having, they did a little bit of something with it, which, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for. Uh, we had a nice, nice little promo build up to, uh, we actually had a big title match with the Young Bucks that nobody seems to ever remember. But that's because, like you said, you know, they didn't continue to go with it, you know. But they did give, they did give us an awesome little opportunity against the Young Bucks. And uh, it was, it was a very well received match, you know, by the community. It was, but it was during the pandemic. So there was no live crowd, you know. So the blondes never really got to get a lot of momentum in the live crowd era. You know, a lot of our momentum and a lot of our greatest matches were in Jacksonville in front of nobody. And then a few matches after that, when we started letting fans into Jacksonville, we had a great crowd there for a while too. So, um, you know, once we hit the road, I think things just got real hectic and busy with that and stuff. And, but no, I definitely think they could have done more with me. But again, at the same time, you got all this roster, you got all these different people coming in, you got Sting, you know, you got everybody. So, you know, there, there's a lot going on. Um, I'm still pretty grateful for the opportunities I was given. Some of them I knocked out of the park and some of them I fell flat, you know. But at the end of the day, I think I've shown the company what I can do. And, and I think the sky's the limit from here, you know what I mean? I just keep getting better with each week that goes by. So I'm excited so to see. 
what these new deals will be and what these new uh, storylines will be. So have you heard any word about AEW running like live events and stuff? Because as far as I know, they only do TVs and pay-per-view, right? Yeah. So is there any word about them like touring and stuff like that? I guess our equivalent to that would just be like we do those dark shows in Orlando. Um, but no, I don't know. I, I don't think that there will be. I, I've, you know, from what I've heard, at least my studying the business and talking to different people is that, you know, those live shows are real expensive, you know, and they don't yeah. always pay back what they cost to do. But, you know, for a lot of us contracted guys, it would get us a lot of reps. And, uh, you know, a lot of us are contracted anyway, so it wouldn't cost them more but then to just to get us there and 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 work because a lot of us are on salary anyway so i would love to to work more you know i'd love to have more matches and that's why i still take independent dates so i'm very grateful that tony allows us to take dates you know so yeah so tell me how how does that work like as long as you clear with them it doesn't affect their schedule you're free yeah, to do whatever yeah. you want do whatever you want yeah as long as it doesn't matter no that type of stuff might be a little more approved and scheduled out, you know. Uh, right, I think we right. have a relationship with New Japan, so I don't think you can go to, like, NOAA or something, you know. Like, you can probably go to New Japan and work with them if they want to use you. But it just depends, them. yeah. I think it's a case-by-case kind of thing, yeah. Has there been any talk about, uh, like, Wrestle Kingdom is coming up in January? Has there been any talk about you going over there for that show? What was that, for Wrestle Kingdom? Yes. Oh no! I mean, that would be crazy. That would be awesome if I if I was somehow a part of that. But but so far, I have uh, have not gone to Japan yet, and I haven't had too much communication uh, with that. But like I said, I'm really eager to go, and I'm eager to start you know making those phone calls and talking to those people. Um, I just wanted to uh, you know get get into my next you know wave of 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 whatever I'm find out whatever I'm doing at TV. You know, find out who I am and what they want me to pre- present it as. Uh, and then start, you know, pitching myself to go places, you know, with that. So, all right. Well, you know, what the fans really want to know is, you know, who's sleeping with who? Tell me all the fucking hookups backstage, bro. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I'm not sleeping with anybody. That's for sure. I just, I've got a girlfriend back home. So, <laughs> less drama, dude. Less drama. I know. But no, it's always something else, you know. I just try to stay out of that. <laughs> right. Maybe we got some more questions, right, uh, James? Uh, yeah, I'll get them in a minute. Um, what's been the attitude of the locker room, Brian? Because obviously you was part of, like, I remember seeing you in, one, uh, I think, the very first Battle Royal AEW done. And um, so you've been there for a while. Obviously, you've signed your contract last year. But since then, there's been a lot of WWE talent that's come over. Sorry, come again. How's it been for the locker room since all this talent came over? No, it's, you've been there for quite a while now, but since then, a lot of former WWE tons. Oh, yeah, in. I mean, it's great. I mean, some, been... guys, some guys are better than others, you know what I mean? Uh, I think everybody's pretty happy with people that's come over. I mean, they're not. we're not hiring anybody that's bad at wrestling, you know what I mean? We're hiring a bunch of great people, very talented people. That's why they're in the WWE, right? Um, we have great people. We have great originals, you know. Um, I like to look at wrestling as it's just one big roster, right? You know, we're all out there trying to get a job. You know, I don't think it's it's not like we're versus WWE versus AEW. I think you know if, if somebody's really good at their job and, and and they deserve to make a living at this, and Tony wants to give them a job, then it's more power to them. You know, so I think it's great. Yeah. 
I learn something new. I try to learn something new from every guy. I know Danielson and Regal uh, started helping out a lot by the ring and stuff. So I just try to learn and train with everybody. What's your thoughts on uh, Malachi Black leaving? Uh, I mean, you know, like I said, I had a lot of respect for Malachi. Uh, he's one of the best, like, athletes and uh, wrestlers ever, I think. Um, learned a lot training with him. But, yeah, you know, I mean, if, if, if it – if it would have went my way, we probably wouldn't have broken up our group so soon or even at all, you know what I mean? Uh, or there would have been some redeeming storyline to make us not look so, you know, like losers in the end. But at the end of the day, it's it's everybody trying to squish their angle on the show, and he was working really hard to try to get a really good product on the show. And I think that's where I can uh, at least agree with him on that, that he was trying to make some good stuff like really good content and uh, really good matches um, really hard working guy so and unfortunately it was a little bit at our expense you know with the with the varsity blondes gimmick but you know if it wasn't meant to be it wasn't meant to be you know um, as far as him leaving I don't know what that's about at all um, I just know some people deal with different stuff you know maybe he had some mental health issues going on um, but overall, pretty cool guy. He's always talkative to me, and, and you know, he, he was all right, you know. But um, I think just with all the drama, too, maybe he just needs some time to recharge and 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 step back and maybe focus on his personal life or something. I don't know. I couldn't tell you about him leaving because I haven't been around as much at TV. So I don't so think it was the last anything. time they, they brought you in, dude. I think it was like three or four weeks ago. It wasn't terribly long ago. Um, so, I mean, you're getting that guaranteed money and just staying at home for a month? I mean, it, it's a lot of people are, you know, it's just different, you know. Um, you get rotated in and out. Um, but yeah. So, a quick I, question How's the, uh, How many weeks consecutively were you on, like, in a row? Like, what's the longest that you were on every week consecutively before? Um, I mean, well, I mean, we weren't all like when we did Jacksonville, we were always there because we filmed all those darks and everything, too. But mm. we weren't always on dynamite. Mm. But now that we're doing only dynamite and relevation and rampage during the week, we don't use every single body. So, no, I mean, like when we first hit the road, we were on the road for like seven straight weeks, you know. And then we were off for a couple of weeks and then we came back. And then it's just, you know, it's intermittent. You know, I, I, I don't understand. If I'm in a storyline and it's clear that I'm going to probably be there next week, then I'm usually just rolling with it, you know? Yeah. But if they're not, like, actively using us in a storyline, then I'm not going to expect to go to work. You know what I mean? I'm not going to be like – but I love going. I love even just being there. Um, elevation is always great matches on Elevation because those are on before, or before Dynamite, so the crowd's hot. I love Elevation, Rampage, too. So Rampage is usually less stories and more just, like, good matches, you know, so sometimes you get on Rampage, but I couldn't tell you, like, what the rhyme or the system of it is, you know. So is that Tony does the whole thing? Like, does he do that on his own? Is there anybody helping him? Or Oh, I mean, yeah, we got all kinds of office and people. Yeah, we got all kinds of people that help I'm, out. I'm talking, like, the actual, like, booking of the show and angles and all that shit. I don't know quite exactly. I would say that if you ask most people, they would probably say that Tony probably does most of it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's he, he has his hands full with it. You know, I would say he does a lot of it. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, there's he's other people. Up. I mean, there's all kinds of people, office people in suits. You know, there's a lot of people helping him out. You know, with booking and I see. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're just waiting our kind of waiting our turn. We've always done what we've been asked, you know. Never complained, you know. Sometimes we've had some great matches, you know. Sometimes we had some duds, but for the most part, the blondes were great, and I'm looking forward to see what's next for us. Mm. Who's been your favorite agents to work with since you've been there? Um, Christopher Daniels had a pretty good relationship with us. We worked really well with him. What's been the best advice he's given you? Huh? What's been the best advice he's given you? Oh, I mean, I guess I don't have like one specific line, but just usually if we're trying to figure out something in a match and we don't know how to fix it, he'll come in and he'll fix it. And usually he's 100% right. So worked out pretty good. <laughs> so you've only been doing it for five years. Uh, no major injuries so far, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I separated my AC joint, which is pretty common. Uh, and I've torn my PCL in my left knee, but that was really early on. And I rehabbed through that real good. Um, yeah, other than that, nothing major, you know. Knock on wood, you know. Yeah. Did, now, did you injure that in training or just Which like one? Your, your PCL? Oh, that was like, yeah, like fresh out of training. I went to go keep training at this other school, and I was at a school training and fucked it up. Uh, yeah, being dumb, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, okay, I think about Question yeah. here for you. Uh, hey, Brian, huge fan. Any memories of any big names working at your dad's memorial show? Did you ever meet Benoit or Jericho? Yeah, I mean, as a kid, I was so young, I don't have the, the most clear memories of that time. But um, just getting to touch base, like I work with Jericho now, and uh, Blade was a, was a young up-and-coming worker back then. Uh, Pepper Parks, some people know him as. And Matt Hardy was at the shows. I remember as a young kid coming through the curtain with the Hardy boys was a huge moment for me as a child. So, um, yeah, no, and just getting to work with Matt and Jeff now is really cool. So. Sorry. Um, sorry, just, uh, bringing the one, uh, any, I, I think you've already answered it. In fact, they was going to bring you in before you went to AEW. No, I haven't talked to WWE in several years. Yeah. No, I haven't got a quick question, dude, besides your dad, who was your favorites growing up watching? Uh, I really did like Jericho, and when I got older, I really liked Kenny Omega because I started to study like the newer guys. Uh, but when I was a kid, I really liked the Hardy Boys and Jericho. Mm. I remember that pretty clearly. I really liked Shark Boy. Remember Shark Boy? He was cool. Shark Boy, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I met Shark Boy in Cincinnati. Yeah, he's from there. He was uh, he was there working for HWA. I got a quick question. You ever see Les Thatcher on Cincinnati? Yeah, not around here. He lives in Knoxville now, but uh, oh, I did. Okay. I have talked with him a bunch. I've met with him on different occasions for some uh, consulting and stuff. And we we did a DVD together. We we made the Pillman Memorial Show DVD together, and we uh, produced that and and uh, sold it. So what about Jimmy cool. Yang? Is he still he's still in Cincinnati? You ever see him? I've never seen him. I have heard that he's from here, but I've never seen Jimmy Yang. Yeah, man. That'd be awesome. I would love to. I heard he's really cool. Mm. What'd you do, James? I can't see the comments and questions. Oh, no, there was too many flying free. I'll fall. just turn them off. Turn them, oh, turn them on, please. I can see them. <laughs> uh, but no, um, so I suppose a few more questions about your time in MLW. So obviously, you're talking with Teddy. You must have a fun Teddy art story. Oh, gosh, Teddy, yeah. Teddy was a wild man. 
Always had his cats with him and stuff. Did he still have his cats? Oh, yeah. When I was wrestling with him, he had cats. Um, yeah, the stories, I don't know. They're not the most uh, PG stories that I can share on a public That's forum. That's okay, man. We need some fucking excitement during this goddamn show. <laughs> no, but Teddy was wild. He, he would always, uh, yeah, he would always have the cats with us. I remember my birthday, like we had, I had a birthday in uh, Dallas for MLW. And it was, uh, I had to stay an extra night. Basically, like, we were going to leave, but then he was like, why don't you change your flight to stay an extra day? We'll go out on Sunday night in Dallas for your birthday, Brian. He's like, I'll take you out. I'll take you out to the clubs. You know, I know a lot of girls around here. Like, we can get real, we can get real fucked up. We'll have a great birthday. I want to treat you, Brian. I want to show you a good time. You're a blessing in my life. I can't wait to go out with you and celebrate your birthday. You're becoming a man. <laughs> That's my Teddy impression. Where is Teddy now? Because he seems to disappear all the time. Um, I don't know. I haven't talked to him in a while. I hope he's doing well, though. Yeah, I talk to Davy Boy all the time. So, yeah. Teddy, talk about bringing the. Uh, I don't know if you know. Any talk about bringing Davy? And obviously, he's back on the Indies now. Has been any word about possibly bringing him in? Because obviously, that's another. I've not heard anything. Um, but I have been doing those shows for Brett up in Calgary, so. Maybe if we generate some buzz up there, you know, David Boy might generate a little something. Let's see, see if they see some interest in that, yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, another couple of chats for you. Uh, ben Hinmarsh, uh, what is the story with Brian Cage? He was heavily booked, but now all you hear from the dirt sheet guys is that he's got backstage heat. Any truth to it? I don't know what you can say. I don't know, man. I, I love Brian. I mean, he's, he's been a great friend to me, and seeing him go through it all, I, I – I can't even tell you what it what it could be. You know, I think he's a nice guy. I think he works really hard. Um, I couldn't even tell you. Uh, so I got a question for you, dude. What's your ultimate goals in wrestling? Like, what's is it just to make enough money and retire and not work a real job? Or, um, I mean, I guess everything it starts like that, you know, and then you tend to move the goalposts as you get older and start to crush through your goals and stuff, but. No, I think uh, I think I really I'm really starting to fall in love with it and find out who I am with it. So I'm getting to the point where I really want to generate a, a large amount of uh, of buzz and 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 some respect for the work that I've been working on. So no, I think there's a lot more than just money and stuff involved, right? You know, we all aspire to be something great, you know. Um, but I love the lifestyle. I love the traveling, and yeah, I want to be able to make a comfortable living for the rest of my life. So I want to stay hired and and stay relevant. Um, but I, I do have my father's sort of drive and ambition with me where I'm not always happy just being the mid card or being at home and just collecting a check. You know what I mean? I do want to be a huge star. So yeah. uh, I think that's important to me to, to focus on bigger goals, you know, like the world championship and stuff like that. You know what I mean? I'm not just going to settle for being a guy in a tag that's sitting at home, you know, so. Really that that, that would drive me fucking crazy too. When I was working for WF, it's like, the old creative has nothing for you. And it's like, well, fuck, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was just a question there from one of the fans, Brian. Uh, any pressure living up to your dad's legacy? Yeah, it's pretty much just the pressure to, uh, you know, perform well and just like anything else. But, you know, with a little bit, I have a little more of a, of a story to me. So, yeah, the, the stakes are a little higher, I guess, if you think of it that way. But, I don't really feel that pressure anymore because I've been doing it so long, you know. Cool. 
How long have you been doing it? Five years? Yeah. Five years. Yeah. I would say the whole pressure of being Brian Pillman Jr. has wore off a little bit. I think I'm pretty happy going out there. And my pressure is more of what I place on myself to be better, you know. Well, before we go, uh, Brian, uh, obviously one thing you do do is your Twitch channel. Uh, please promote it away. Yeah, no, yeah, guys, come on out. Check me out at twitch.tv forward slash Brian Pillman Jr., all spelled out. Um, I've been playing a lot of different games called Multiversus, Team Fight Tactics, League of Legends, World of Warcraft, you name it. Big PC gamer. Come and check me out. Um, been really getting back into it lately, so thank you guys. Awesome. Awesome, dude. Well, I hope uh, wish you the best with your career and uh, everybody look out for Brian Pillman Jr. because he's uh, he's on fire right now. Awesome. All right, dude. Wish you all the best. Thank Take you, care. guys. Pleasure. Bye-bye. Uh, cool. Well, uh, Renee, um, talks made AEW. Um, it looks like the title decider for next week is going to be between uh, Brian Danielson and John Moxley, so Moxley's in the title picture again. Oh, so is that because Punk tore his tricep and he's out for eight? I was thinking about that, right? Right. <laughs> They're signing him for $5 million a year. Is that what the reports say? I think he might be for six. Okay. So he was out for three months with an injury. Now he's going to be out for eight months. Let's do some fucking math here. That's 11 months. Do you really think Tony Khan has seen a return on that particular investment? No, I know he's, uh, they said fat, you know, they broke a million dollar gate a couple of times, but with Punk's expenses and all the expenses from the rest of the locker room. That's the thing. No, no, people don't realize number one, there's expenses. That's not free and clear. All right. Let's just say, which there's no proof that it was. You got to pay the promotional of the event. You have to pay rent of the event. Or if they go on a percentage, that means you have to give a percentage of that. Then you get taxed on it. Yeah. You understand? Then you have to fucking pay, uh, you know, security and union fees and all this other shit. So, you know, that don't mean nothing because you don't know how much the show cost to be put on. It's like, uh, it's like Dusty Rose, right? Back in the day when he was booking for uh, Jim Crockett promotions, right? Mm-hmm. It would have a great, oh, we had a $300,000 house. Yeah, but it cost you 400000 to put the fucking show on. Yeah. See? So a lot of people don't realize that. I think... Uh... We might be having another guest if you want to welcome him, someone we spoke about today. Really? Who? Me to Who? Uh, the man of many talents, many impersonations. Oh my God, is he alive? Ladies uh, and gentlemen. No way, he's not here yet. Let me get send a link. I've oh. just had the message. Um, okay, well, we're expecting a surprise guest. See, that's why it's so important. Tune into the cafe because you never know what's going to happen. Who's going to show up? You know, hell, I'm so excited. I might go streaking. Well, I'll just set it up now. Um, Could you please? Oh, sorry. Okay, there we go. We got some questions, don't we? Yeah. Um, right. All right. I'll send the guy a link. So let's see if he can. Uh, 
catch up. Uh, he thought he was too late, but uh, we'll see. Uh, but we have got some questions. I'm going to try and catch up on them. Uh, sorry if I've missed them, everyone. I was just, like I said, we were just talking to Brian. So the questions, what was just for me and Renee? I thought I'll just leave them for a little bit. But, uh, you know, for what we answer all of them. So uh, let me find them. Uh, right. Uh, Jesse G, man. Uh, what GR Renee's uh, max lifts? Um, bench, squat, deadlift. What's your maximum lifts, Renee? Okay, see, the whole maximum bullshit, I haven't done that in years. But when I was doing that when I was a youngster, uh, I had a 550-pound bench. I had a 700-pound squat. And deadlift was probably my weakest. I think I did like 450 on deadlifts. Wow. But I, I, I don't uh, train that way anymore. Uh, I actually regret training that way because now I have severe arthritis in both my shoulders and my hips are actually my hips are like, like this. Ouch. Yeah. And my spine is actually crooked. Now I'm sure the bumping, all the bumping I did didn't help, but I'm sure all those heavy squats with all that weight on my spine didn't help at all either. Right. So, yeah. What what do you recommend for people what's just wanting to tone up? Obviously, I, I would imagine they want to bulk up, but I've always heard the advice that it's always best just to do lightweights and high reps. The key is to tear your muscle fibers, right? Hmm. So you don't necessarily have to lift heavy weights. You just got to get the pump. When you're getting a pump, what happens is you're tearing the muscle fibers and all the blood gets rushed into the muscle, and that's what causes a pump. Okay, 85% is nutrition and genetics. You know, some people just are hard gainers and they just genetically aren't made to be extremely muscular, right? So the key is to get in there, tear your muscle fibers with a pump with the weight. You don't have to go super fucking heavy, you know. You can just get a moderate weight, 8 to 10 reps, 10 to 12 reps, tear your muscle fibers, get the get the blood into your muscle, get that pump. And the most important part is nutrition. Yeah. Get plenty of good protein. The best protein source there is eggs, then fish, then chicken, then beef. So personally, the best I've ever looked, my diet consisted of nothing but eggs and fish. Brown rice for uh, carbohydrates and oatmeal. Well, Renee, we've got a... Uh... A surprise guest has just popped into the studio. Uh, okay. You know, everyone, uh, please introduce him. Ladies and gentlemen, he's the nature boy, Rick Flair. <laughs> Brother! Woo! Jeffrey! <laughs> Woo! The drip with Tyson. He is dripping that weed all over me. Woo! And bitch! Bitch! Woo! I'm sorry, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. It's actually Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's right. And that little piece of trash, Mike Dyson, I whooped this some bitch and ass. I whooped, whooped Rick Flair some bitch and ass. I even Oh, I almost said something. I uh, no, I'm just okay. Yeah. Okay. Actually. Ladies and gentlemen, he's a fellow Canadian, a man that I've known for several years, straight from, are you still in Toronto, pal? 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That same house we uh with that same house we destroyed that one night. Oh yes, man. Maybe we shouldn't talk about that night. Maybe we no. just, yeah, we just <laughs> we yeah. uh the one, the only Jason sensation. How you doing, bro? Uh, I think you've gone on mute, Jason. You press the mute button, dude. That, press the, there you oh, go. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay, brother. Good, yeah. good, good to see you again. Yeah, good. I, I loving the show, man. Great job you're doing. Great job you're doing as well, James. Like much respect, guys. Really yeah. entertaining. <laughs> Love it. Well, yeah, no, we started this thing uh, during the pandemic, right? And we're bored, bored as hell out here. And then uh, yeah. James proposed that we start a start a show, and then here we are, a little over a year, and, uh, right. and we got Jason Sensation on the show, so we must be doing something right. Ah, that's awesome. You guys are brilliant. You're doing an amazing job. Utmost respect. All my buddies are into it, too. Like, awesome. Oh, yeah. Wow. Your buddies must have no life. <laughs> <laughs> well, They're all in my mind. <laughs> right, right. They're all, yeah. They're imaginary <laughs> friends. So tell me, man. Tell me, man. What would the Macho Man think of this show? Ooh, I really like it. Fever oh about it. Uh, I'm going to say is that you guys don't fuck around. Yeah, you don't <laughs> fucking sugarcoat anything. Yeah, I really like when you talk bad about Vince McMahon. Uh -huh. I always wanted to do that. I didn't get to. Now, yeah, it's my opportunity. Vince, yeah, how does it feel? Yeah, I'm coming for you. I think I... Well, dude, I don't know if Triple H, so, I mean, what would Triple H respond to Macho Man? I, oh, Macho Man, you know I got heat with you. If I could see you right now, I would spit water right in your face. <laughs> you know what? I even got heat with Elias because he looks like Macho Man. You know, Elias and... Uh, and anyone, every every one of his other characters, they're off raw now. You want to know why? Because it's all about the game. Just let me ask you a question, dude. Like, do you keep up with current wrestling at all? Like, yeah, I I, I do like to. You know, I'm still addicted to reading about it all the time, but I yeah. I haven't watched it in a while. Right. So, yeah. like, I mean, as now, do you have, find a hard time? trying to imitate some of the guys like is there a lack of character you feel amen yeah i haven't been able to impersonate a lot of the wrestlers probably for probably since the attitude era or the your era the uh, ruthless aggression it's just kind of right. been going and and i no offense to anyone utmost respect to all these great workers but i mean there's there's just no no more of those larger than life characters that you could just uh right. it's, it seems there's a lot of a uh, monotone some of the same voices all coming out of <laughs> the microphone. Right. I don't know. I don't want to put anyone down, but it's just not like it used to be, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. It's like nobody really stands out with, uh, you know, the way they talk and the way they come across. Right. And yeah. Then, you know, uh, what would the undertaker think about that? dude? Hey, uh, I, I got heat with you too, boy. I got heat with everybody. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm the leader here in the locker room. I I get nothing but respect. So uh, you don't even. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't even know. I think. Uh, uh, mm, mm. Uh, rest <laughs> in 
It's, uh... I, think, I think I think his song was kicked in right there, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we got a lot of mutual friends in Toronto. I mean, uh, uh, there's a, there's a famous wrestler named Flesh. Uh, oh yes, Big Paul. Uh, Big Paul, we're not we're not mutual friends anymore. Oh, did you guys have a have a? We had a major falling out. Oh wow, I'm sorry to hear that, dude. Yeah, I'm not sorry to hear it anymore. I'm happy he's out of my life and he ain't allowed back in. That door is shut behind his big ass, and I ain't let no more flesh in. I flushed the flesh. You flushed the flesh. Yeah, you wouldn't well, believe what happened. But it, it, be, he's still your buddy, so maybe he wouldn't want me to tell this story because it might make him look bad. No, but I, we, don't have to, we don't have to bury anybody and air dirty I, laundry, and you know. I'm because sure I, I'm, yeah, because I would like to. This, this, I got fucked over so bad that I would like to tell this story. But I hear you. He's your boy. I won't disrespect him. But he ain't my boy no more. He's out of my life, son. And he ain't allowed back. He's the worst there is, the worst there was, and the worst there ever will be. I would have took a bullet for you, Flesh. But you screwed me. You and Vlad, you stabbed me in the back. I know you took Vlad's belts. You tried to play me. And you're a dirty, run stinking hyena. Sorry. I lost myself there. What about Shawn Michaels, man? What would he say about the whole deal? Um, I don't really know, man. Uh, I'm just trying to train guys and say my prayers. And, you know, I'm trying to be cool, okay? Everyone's not cool. <laughs> and I'm trying to be cool. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what I said. You, you got you to gotta crook your eye a little bit more to the left there, dude. Be more spot on facially. I can't do that. Obviously, perfect. Obviously, I'm Wow, dude. So, uh, are you keeping busy? Are you working any shows out there? How's the Toronto indie scene looking? Yeah, no, I haven't been really working any shows. Uh, it's been a little while. You know, you know I have my cuckoo days, and my, I've been trying to get through my own, um, I don't know, trials and Jason tribulations, and I think I'm getting to a better place now. But, um, you know, when uh, guys are offering me $50 a show, I mean, it's like, come on. I'm Jason Sensation, man. I, I mean, I can, I, 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 can, I can impersonate over 200 wrestlers. I can come out 10 different times in the night. 50 right. bucks a show. No respect. No respect for Jason Sensation. Hey, I can do Brian Pillman now. It took me forever. It took oh, me forever. Oh, shit, man. I wish you would have came on. We just had his son on, right? Oh, great. really? Yeah, uh, he was I just on before you. Oh, I love that kid. I'm wishing him all the best, man. Yeah, he seems like a nice guy. Yeah. Okay, we got a him. question for you, Jason. Sure. Hey, Jason. Can you do a Renee impersonation? You can't really do a Renee impersonation. because I, I, really I, have, I haven't really tried. I don't right. want him to kick my ass, so we'll just leave it. <laughs> I haven't really tried. But, uh, I think I did it one time. He got upset with me. He said, no, you can do it in your normal voice. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when you had the drizzling McShits? I'd let in your accent. You and it sounds like you was pissed off with me, so I had to re-record it. When was this? Oh, when I uh, got sick yeah. in Japan. Yes. Oh. You were like, no, do it in your own voice. Oh, you tried to impersonate my French accent, which I don't even use anymore. Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> 
And no, uh, I hated that man. Like, cause I, you know, you hear me talk. I don't really have that strong a French accent, but because I was doing the whole French bullshit. Oh, yeah, Jason freeze. Oh, so there we go. Sorry. Oh, uh, there you go, bud. Yeah. I'm trying to so. fucking put this thing on so I don't have to hold it. I mean, I need to use my um, arm power for later. Oh, I understand. You're Jason you're, uh, masturbation. Jason masturbation over there. Why do I do? Why do I incriminate my Jason incrimination? Hey, dude, you know it's lonely at the top. You know, sometimes you know <laughs> at the top of my head. That's right. I grow the hair. <laughs> I look like Phil Collins when I grow it out. Why am I going back to Brett for? Sorry, Hitman. Well, you know, we got the biggest Bret Hart fan in the world, James from England. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Oh, really? I'm going to have to ask you uh, the infamous na uh, Nation of Domination sketch. Oh, yeah. Talk us through it. How did that come about? Because it's not really seen quite as well now, looking back, uh, for political reasons. But back then, I mean, I grew up watching the Attitude Era, so to me it was fun. I thought it was harmless. Looking back now, yeah, I can understand why, but Obviously, not saying it was okay back then, but it was a different time, you could say. But what was it like doing that sketch? Because it was hilarious. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it was a, it was an awesome time in my life. I mean, like that was my dream come true to be out there. You know, that was my first time walking out, uh, first opportunity. I mean, I, I worked my whole life to get out there, but I got to admit, no, with all due respect, I didn't put any blackface on. Okay. No, that's true. I was, the, I was the only one not wearing blackface as well as China. And yeah. my entire history is erased. Like uh, th this was my 15 minutes. I worked my whole life to get to that spot and it's just erased now. And that's too bad. That's really yeah. too bad for me, but I understand, you know, it's a different time. And uh, yeah, I guess um, when I first got the gig, um, and to do these voices right away, it was we got to put them with DX. So um, this feud was going on, and I mean, it was talked about for a few weeks that I was going to come in and dress up. I was going to do all the Nation of Domination members. It was just going to be wow. DX bringing me out to do all the Nation members. So I was actually I had to hang out with the Nation members for a few weeks. They're like, because Russo was like. Can you do the nation? I'm like, no. He's like, bro, you go hang out with them in the dressing room, bro. Just hang out with them, bro. Just chill with them, bro. Anyways, I was per perceived as a mark, but really that was my, I had to go hang out with these boys. I was, I was uh, directed to, you know, but anyway, so um, I uh, was supposed, and then it was almost changed just the, the couple days before, I guess, where they decided they're going to all dress up. And um, I don't even, I think it, it was weird. I think they, 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 they had just had all this make. I remember I was in a separate place getting the, um, the, uh, the caution stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. So the, the, they had this costume for me with the caution tape and all this shit. And then, um, you know, when I, when I saw the boys again, I mean, they all had these costumes on, so I don't. I don't really know where it all came from, but I do remember that. Um, actually, I shouldn't even say any of that. Look at this. I just don't want to get the heat. Yeah. These guys, they, they, I could bury them all right now. You know, I could bury the X. You know, X Punk. I could bury it right now. Booyah! I could bury Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn. 
Oh, you didn't know? Road Dog. Uh, Road Dog's a good guy. That Brian, he's a really nice guy. But anyway, so um, it just changed last minute. And then I was going to be interviewing them and doing the voices of who they're dressed up as. And China was now going to be Owen. And China was like, no, I'm not doing this. And that's when they said, oh, shit. So we're going to. It's just last minute they switched me to Owen and put me in this other room and wrapped me up in caution tape. Luckily, I had this nose and this wig. So it's all the shit they had. And it was just amazing. I don't even know how I did it so well. I was just, I remember every, oh, yeah, also, I was, I got. Press me. So I got to write it with Russo because Russo brought me into the his, he had like a little dressing room or whatever where he was, he was trying to put this stuff together. He was brilliant back in the day with writing a lot of this stuff. And just go, 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 boom, 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 bro. We're going to do this guy here, him here, and then you're going to come out, bro. You're going to, okay, here you, and he's writing this as he as he's thinking about it. So he came up with most of those cool lines, but then he was hitting me up for some lines like, I need another one. I need something for Owen's nose. I need something for Owen's nose. And I'm like, what am I, an aardvark? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know what an aardvark was. Actually, if you watch Hunter in that segment, if you watch as I'm walking around, I forgot it again because like three or four times before we went out, I'm like, what are they called again? Aardvarks, aardvarks. So now I'm out in the ring and it's the last line and I'm walking around and you see Triple H. It's like, aardvark. He whispers yeah. it to me. You see his mouth, mouth the words. But anyway, um, yeah, no one's watched that more than me. Anyway, <laughs> but um, the, the line I came up with with Russo, I was like, it, we were both stumped. And I was like, if anyone smells what he's cooking, it's him because of his big damn nose. He's like, Jason, you're brilliant. You're brilliant, bro. So anyway, but <laughs> but uh, I had every line down pat. I don't know how I never even was able to do well on tests and, you know, study well and remember anything. And it just so, all stars fell into place. And I hit every single line dead on the way Russo wrote it. And it was just awesome. Even if I was perceived as a mark and no one liked me before that, when I went backstage that night, even Austin was proud of me. You're, you're a funny kid, man. Man, that was good. I, everyone, I was surrounded. Everybody loved me, you know, and it, it just, and the fans just ate it all up. I mean, for me, I know it's an offensive night for, um, this day and age, but for me, it was one of the greatest times of my life. Uh, you know? yeah. Well, you know, a lot of the fans don't realize that you were actually signed to a contract and they sent, they sent you to the then developmental in Memphis, right? Yeah, that's right. I was home for a bit. You know, uh, I was supposed to come out on this um, Canadian tour and I was supposed to come back out, but then Owen Hart had passed away and it, it's so tragic, you know, what happened to him and, uh, just the saddest time in wrestling, pretty much. This, you know, the biggest loss wrestling's ever had. And I remember that uh, even Owen and I were were going to be at this same thing that I was going to be hosting at the Docks in Toronto, and it was it was like an opportunity for me and Owen to show our friendship finally because he was turning face now, and and uh, Owen had wanted me to be his manager. Owen wanted me to be his manager so he could get out of the blue blazer Deborah storyline. And uh, he, he brought that to Russo and it was going to be, I'm face Owens heel. 
and he's bullying me all the time, bullying me into these impressions and all this. It was going to be baby blue blazer and all this stuff. It was really, he, Owen had a brilliant idea, but you know, with all due respect to my buddy Vince Russo, he was like, bro, Owen, Jason, Owen, are you, are you NWO, bro? Are you NWO, bro? You have Jarrett, you have Deborah, you've got Coco, you've got Blue Blazer, and now you want Jason too? Are you the NWO, bro? That's what he said. Those are his words. Anyway, so, but it was just Owen wanted to do the gimmick with me, and I really wanted to do it with Owen too. It would have been magic, I think, you know? Well, I forgot the whole question now. I'm getting lost. The whole blue blazer thing, dude, that was because he refused to do a, like a an angle where he was going to be cheating on his wife with Deborah, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then that that was like basically punishment to him. As far as I that. know, that's true. Yeah, and yeah. he just went went with it and it's just, you know, I once I once asked him like, "Are you okay with everything? Like, uh, does does this shit get to you?" He's like, "Jason, I'm content. You know, I I I I got a job to do. I got a job. I get paid." I'm content, okay? I'm not going to say I'm happy, but I'm content, you know? So he was content, I guess, you know? I think, I think by that point, he was probably sick of fucking wrestling and just saved enough money to where he wanted to get out, right? Because he yeah, was exactly. only 33 already passed, right? Yeah. He had, he had his own teaching degree, too. I think that was the plan, was or be a firefighter or something. He just, yeah, wanted, to yeah. Yeah, yeah. He just wanted to go back home to Calgary. Yeah, he just his, built that house. So sad, man. Brand new house and his wife. I mean, yeah. she's fucking brilliant. She's like a legit doctor too, right? Yes, she is. She is. So, oh, so. big time. I could. I, 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 I thought that would be a great doctor for me to have. I could use all the help I can get for this uh, cuckoo brain I have. But uh, no, utmost respect to her. She went out and, you know, never wasted a moment, got her degree. And look what she's done with the Owen Hart Foundation, her and both kids. I mean, utmost respect to the whole family for what they've done and keeping his memory alive and, yeah. You know, they, they put all that money into good use of helping other people. And it's utmost respect. Yeah. Love to them. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess it was just sad that I it was my chance to come back and uh, <clears throat> be on air. And then Owen passed away and then they cut me off and I was just sitting at home. I, I just wrote this on Twitter like the other night, like 1999 was the easiest year of my life. <laughs> I just sat at home the whole year and it was right. I just watched wrestling the whole year <laughs> right you know, yeah. got fat and you know hold on I'm, i'll be right back james keep asking questions i'll be right back guys yeah i mean i've got loads of questions for you jason but i think we've got a couple of super chats so uh oh, cool. i'll now for you ben hinmarsh uh question for jason is it true that you had heat with kevin kelly and wwf if so what caused it and do you guys still have beef today um yeah good question uh, if you check online, um, you'll see, I think uh, uh, I did an interview with Hannibal where I kind of went off about it. And Hannibal cut his own version of the interview. It's like, I, I kind of want to talk to Hannibal and ask him to take some of this negative stuff down. Because, you know, I, I, I've, had, I've had some issues in my life and um, I'm trying to get out of the negativity that uh, has been ruling my life. <clears throat> Pardon me. Because uh, it's just, if you're going to... I don't know. I read something last night that said, if you're going to hang on to uh, the pain someone else caused you, then you're just costing yourself an opportunity to heal. Yeah. So I don't know. There, there, there was some major heat with Kevin Kelly. You could find it online. I've bitched and cried about it for many years. 
And uh, he, he shit on me a lot. He shit on me a lot back in Memphis. And, uh, you know, his he was in charge of me back in Memphis. And, you know, when I if I got to TV, I might have been replacing him. What I did would have been something that replaced him. So he never let me do announcing, or, uh, sit with him and do commentary with him. He took me off of the out, out of doing announcing. He took me out of doing backstage interviews. Because it's like it's competition. It was a cutthroat business, and I was his competition, and it was an opportunity to screw this kid over. But in all truth and reality, I've bitched and moaned and cried about it for so many years. And uh, there's a long list of shit that went on. But in all truth, I have found forgiveness in my heart for Kevin Kelly, and I just wish him the best. And I, I, I'm really, I really take back all the bitching and complaining that I've done over the years because. It's not done anything for me. It's not helped me at all. And, uh, and holding on to the grudges of, um, has not done any, any, has not benefited me at all. And, you know, I hoped and I wanted to get an apology from him and I'd wished for it for a long time, but it's not going to happen. And I don't want it anymore. And I don't need it anymore. And, uh, I forgive him for all the bullshit he put me through and life goes on, man. Are you we know, talking about uh, Kevin Kelly? Yeah. yeah. Burger belly, Kevin Smelly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fuck him. If you're listening, Kevin, <laughs> fuck you. I don't like you either. <laughs> See, I got friends now, Kevin Kelly. Fuck around. <laughs> uh, there's nothing worse. There's nothing worse than a guy who's never been in the fucking ring trying to tell you how to wrestle. Oh my gosh. He put the figure four on uh, Bobcat on the right leg and he stood there yelling and fighting with a bunch of the boys that this he, he knows the right way. Like he's like, Terry, Terry Funk taught me. I'm like, what? Everyone was just embarrassed with him sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've got a question for you, um, I think, Renee. I've got other questions go back to you in a bit, but I'll catch up on them later, everyone. So don't worry. So, Cal, Chris, uh, you actually asked me and Paul this last week um, your opinion on Chaz and Rand's kid diddling, uh, kid diddling dojo. Say that three times. And the king <laughs> of the monotone, Hannibal. My thoughts on, I don't know who this Chase and Rance guy is, but is he a Chester? Uh, I can I tell you exactly who it is. So, basically, he's a, he's a wrestler, but he's never really been anywhere. Um, well, he's got a dojo. Um, I forgot the name of the dojo now. Uh, Team Vision Dojo. Uh -huh. Well, a few years ago, he was caught diddling uh, some students, yeah. female, like underage. And it, I think he got locked up for it. So he's on the register and everything. But recently, so he's the, he's the booker of this dojo. They've got championships. And he's booked himself to be the new tag team champion. Boy's well, uh -huh. tag team partner is a 16 year old girl. Oh wow! So, uh, well, hold Paul, on a second. Hold on a second. If he's a red, a registered, isn't that like against the, the rules? Yeah. Uh, Shouldn't he be banned from promoting if that's? Yeah. How's he getting away with that? That's yeah. awkward. Well, I know AEW uses his rings as well. Well, that's. I mean, they're using his rings, so okay. But I mean. Shouldn't he not be allowed to be around minors if he's a convicted pedophile? I don't, I don't know how it works out over there, so I can't say. But I don't know if it's done the crime, done the time. I don't know how it works out over there, but he is. I don't know if he's on some sort of register, but like you can 
look at the Petey, there he's mugshot and like you know he's crimes and whatever. Tell the tapes. So um, yeah, yeah. Okay, and as far as <laughs> as far as Devin, I mean, uh, I, I like Devin. I've known Devin since I was a teenager, <clears throat> but he's found himself in quite a quite a pickle. <laughs> I don't know. You got you gotta you know. When you start a relationship with somebody, you gotta, you know, gotta be careful this day and age, because, uh, you know, some girls are crazy, some guys are crazy, a lot of craziness in the world, right, Jason? Craziness, <laughs> you know it. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm living proof, <laughs> right? Especially in the wrestling business, we're all a little fucking whacked out. Speaking Amen. of whacked out, Jason, interactions yeah. with McMahon. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I went into his office and he was like, "Take down your blouse, take off your pants, and now pull down your underwear and show me your asshole." No, no, no. Seriously, I take that back. <laughs> that never happened. I'm just edit. playing. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, edit that out. No. Um, we're live, um, pal. <laughs> we're live, pal. Oh shit, we're live. Huh? I don't know we're live. Okay, uh, fuck. No, Vince. Vince. Um, my first time meeting him was at Off the Record in Toronto with this show that Michael Landsberg did. Wow, cool. Yeah, and it was so cool because I'd been trying to get it. I'd been bothering Carl DeMarco, the Canadian president, for so long, yeah. and then he called me out of the blue. He says, "I just got. Sh I was walking home and got shit on by a bird." So I go inside my apartment to clean the shit off my head. And then I get a call and it's Carl DeMarco. He's like, Jason, this is the call you've been waiting for. You come to TSN. You, uh, if you can get there tomorrow at this time, Vince McMahon, I'll introduce you to him. So I got there and uh, Vince was getting grilled by um, Michael Landsberg. Michael Landsberg did not hold any punches. Yeah. He grilled the shit out of him. On what? The whole Brett thing? Yeah, and it was right after Brett got screwed. So he was like, I think in that interview, Michael Landsberg actually got Vince to admit he lied. He's like, so you lied? So you lied? And Vince finally said, okay, yes. Okay. Okay, pal. I lied. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> kudos to Landsberg. But uh, they filmed two shows, and in between the shows, Vince had a break, and it was like, Oh, they're grilling me here. I'm Jesus Christ on the cross. That's he said something like that. Maybe wow. maybe he made the motions of it. Edit that out. Yeah. Anyways, okay. so. <laughs> damn it, fire him now. Um. So, <laughs> so anyway, but uh, so he had this moment of like, oh, I can't. Uh, I got to do another half hour of this. And Carl was like, hey, uh, Vince McMahon, this is Jason's station. Uh, he does voices. And Vince was like, well, he probably can't do Shawn Michaels. I was like, well, the heart rake kid, Shawn Michaels. And then Vince was like, Ugh. And you saw, like, dollar signs in his eyes. I ne like, I'll never forget that time he looked at me. He never looked at me like that again. Or he was undressing me. I'm just joking, Vince. Awesome. But, uh... <laughs> Take those blouse off now. <laughs> Slowly, okay? Button by button. <laughs>
<laughs> no, this isn't funny. I'm sorry. It's not cool. It's just me getting some of my own pain out. No, but I'm over it. Hopefully we'll get there. Now, where am I? But yeah, anyway, so then we did a few impressions for him. He's like, kid, I got to get you on air. And I'll never forget. Then they were leaving later. And I ran behind the, the building. I was watching. I was behind the bill. I was still on property. And I ran to this limo. And I Evans, and I caught him just before I went in, and I'm like, "Please don't forget me." And he said, "I I would find that very difficult." <laughs> All right. <laughs> You're on mute again, dude. Sure enough, I got an opportunity uh, with the company just right after that, and uh, it was yeah, amazing. The next time I got called was WrestleMania, and they brought me in for this public workout with DX. So I got to meet Vince again and I walked into the room and it was like Austin and Michaels and Tyson and China and Hunter. And it was just like, Oh, it was, I was amazed by the star power in the room. And I think Tyson even helped get me over just by laughing at the Austin impression. But that was another interaction where Vince was like, this we've brought the impersonator here from Toronto, and then Tyson was like, "What do you mean impersonator? What do you mean impersonator?" And then he's like, "Well, Jason, do you mind?" And I said, "Sure. Uh, who do you want?" He said, "How about Stone Cold?" And Austin's just rocking in his chair. He didn't look at me once. I'm like, the bottom line is, I'm gonna whoop Mike Tyson's ass and wrestle him. And Tyson got up, holding himself, and like ran out of the room, holding himself and pissing, laughing. So he kind of put me over there. But uh, and then, and then I didn't really have much interaction with Vince after that. Like I just kind of at the beginning, and then a few times in the hallway, I introduced him to my brother once when he was with me. And yeah, I didn't really get to much interaction with Vince following that. Right. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, got another one here. Uh, Styling profile and great follower of the show. Uh, good day, boys. Quick question for Jason: Have you got any Triple H stories? Yeah, sure. Yeah, Triple H was. Uh, he was really. Um, I think he really helped me get the, the opportunity of the job. I was, you know, when I was bugging Carl DeMarco during those times, I was showing up at these. Uh, what was it called? Uh, home shopping networks. And uh, so home shopping network shows that the, the Fed would be doing with home shopping network. So I would show up to those and I'd be doing impressions. But Hunter and China, they really liked me and they got me in to um, doing those impressions. They got me doing more on those um, home shopping gigs. And then when I when I would met Vince at TSN, this was already the time that Hunter was already office then. And he was traveling around with Vince and he was there with Vince and China was there. And so China and Hunter also put me over to Vince after I did the impressions. And then when I got in, it was almost like they took me under their wing. Like Hunter and China were so nice to me. They really treated me good. And uh, it was like, he was awesome with me. And uh, probably the reason I was in DX, probably the reason I got over, but uh you know, as time went on, when, um, you know, there's a long story of why I wasn't on TV because I got caught at the border and I, you know, then Owen passed away and they didn't want me on to remind people of Owen, you know. And then when China and Hunter broke up and uh, Hunter was with Stephanie, I was done. 
Stephanie just didn't like me for some reason. And Hunter started treating me differently. And that was the end of it. And it's just too bad. But uh, before that, it was like I was China's boy now. But before that, Hunter really was instrumental in helping me. Wow. Yeah, too bad. Well, obviously, your car at the border, was it like a visa issue or something? Yeah. And, and, and me, I was all like marked out. Like I was just on, I was on Raw now. So I'm dressed up the same way I'm dressed on Raw. I'm eating up all the, uh, you know, all the recognition every time I go somewhere right. and uh, I'm walking through to get to, to the airport and immigration comes at me. We seen you on raw last week. Well, yeah. Cause I'm wearing the exact same clothes. <laughs> That's when people actually watch the show. We had like <laughs> 8 million people a, a week watching it. Right. That's true. Yeah. So yeah, there was a lot of recognition. It was pretty cool. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So then they brought me in that freaking interrogation room and I was not allowed to cross the border unless I wasn't on contract yet. And they were getting me to lie. It's like I kept telling them I can't keep lying. Like, it's okay. Just tell them. Uh, Kevin Dunn, he's like, just tell them a Russo's your dad or something. Wow. <laughs> tell yeah, them Russo's your dad. is uncanny. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> So man, let's, I want to dive back into like your Memphis time, man. I mean, because you had like a little click down there. It was you, Spanky, uh, yeah. Brian Danielson, uh, Lance Cade. Right. All you guys were boys down there, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, it was so cool. And Shooter Schultz. It was all Sean's boys, and yeah, yeah it was weird. It was, it was, it was a really sh the guys in charge were really shitty. It sucked. Terry Golden was just like, I'm sorry, but you know, this is stuff I'm over, but I'm just calling a spade a spade. He was a piece of shit, boss. And uh, so was Kevin Kelly. They had a lot of pieces of shit in charge. No offense. You know, I forgive and I forget, but just calling spade a spade. So it wasn't easy down there and there was a lot of shit going on, but um, it was so cool to be surrounded by, you know, Spanky and Dragon and Lance and Shooter. They're just the best guys in the world. And I met, I got to know them. I was like alone there. When I got there, they had left me in the freaking airport. It's like, I, it was just a mess. I'm there with my whole life at the wrestling school. I don't know where there's no direction. No one's telling me what to do or where to go. I was totally lost. And Molly Holly took me under her wing. So like Nora, God bless her. She's just an amazing woman, you know, just an angel of a person. A saint. Yes, a saint. Yeah, well put. <laughs> Yeah. And she took me under her wing, brought me to the place she was living at. And uh, I don't know, somehow I got this place got ransacked and I got ripped off and no one would help me from the company. No one would even return my calls. So Nora had to come in and help me again. And uh, she's like, I'm just going to I'm what I'm going to do is I'm going to drive you over to the boys house. That's they all live together. Uh, Dragon Spanky. I wasn't over with them yet. I wasn't their friend yet. And she's like, I'm going to use my charm to try to get you in with them. She drove me to her to their place. She went in first and says, just, you know, guys, this kid needs help. Let him let him just stay with you guys. And and it's because of her. Everyone loved her. She was such an angel, like a saint. Yeah. yeah. And so because of her, I got over and was able to move in with these guys. And uh, yeah, it was just yeah, we all hit it off. I mean, I'm, those memories, I love them so much. And uh yeah, God rest the soul of Lance, man. What a what a great guy. I only got to know him for that short period of time, but 
even then, he was such a barrel of laughs. He was such a barrel of joy. I mean, this guy had such a big, big heart, and uh, he was he, he was such fun to be around. He he really just wanted to have a good time, and man, he was he was a great guy to know. I'll never forget. Oh, this is a little sad. I'm sorry, <clears throat> but uh, when I was leaving, when I got let go, and I did my last show, I was the the last show. I was all of a sudden had this moment by myself in the dressing room and <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> excuse me. And Lance, Lance came in that dressing room. Uh, and we, we, like we had all talked about it already and everything. And Lance came in that dressing room and I'm sorry. Uh, That's all right, dude. Okay. Uh, I, I, I hadn't cried that I got let go. I hadn't cried. Uh, and then when Lance came in that dressing room, I broke down. I just started crying and I didn't know why. And I just, tears were pouring out. And, and Lance is like, are, are you all right, man? I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Lance. I, I, guess, I guess I didn't cry and maybe all emotions are coming out. Maybe I'm just breaking down right now, but I, I, I feel okay. I don't know why I'm crying. I'm all right. He's like, you'll be all right, man. You'll be all right. And just, Patty, he didn't know how to deal with, Anyway, I wiped the tears away, and the, the other boys came in, and, and then everything was cool. But uh, it turned out that was the last time I ever saw Lance. And I, I always thought back to maybe my soul knew or something. I, I never knew why I broke down like that, but maybe it was like – because we were so close, all us boys together. We were really so close all – at the time we lived together, we were all very close. We were like, we were like brothers. So mm -hmm. it's sad. It was so sad, but it's like, that was the last time I saw Lance and it felt like maybe my soul knew, you know, it's sad, mm -hmm. weird, but I don't know. It was just a weird story. But yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah sorry, man. Sad. We got another question here for you, bud. Yeah. Uh, ben Hinmarsh. Thank you. Uh, what was Shane McMahon like in 1998? That was very good. That's a good question. <laughs> oh yeah, Shane was amazing. I I'll never forget Shane. Uh, I gotta say he was awesome. When I when I got to WrestleMania um, fourteen to do the pub DX public workout, it was just <laughs> it was just supposed to be. Oh, this is. I just thought of something that's funny. I'm gonna tell it because might okay. as well. But uh, I I, I was just supposed to do one day. Just just supposed to do the public workout, and I had a plane back home. So uh, I was going to get paid 500 bucks for that appearance. And then, you know, I had met Thrasher, uh, Glenn Ruth on, uh, on those home shopping shows. And so now we're chilling on the bus back to the hotel where I'm going to take the ride back to the airport. And he's like, bro, what, 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 what are we trying to stay for media? Why are they sending you home, man? So I go, he's like, he, I'm going to ask Shane. And uh, he brought me over to Shane, and he's like, why are we sending this kid home? He's fucking hilarious. And Shane's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, he's good. No, I like him, too. And, and Shane was like, hey, kid, come here. And he brought me to the hotel, and he's like, got me a room. He got me a hotel room. He's like, just stay the week. You're staying for Mania. He paid for my room. I'm like, I don't even have any clothes to wear. He's like, no problem. Um Take this credit card, go buy yourself some clothes, and come back and bring it back to me. I'm like, what? 
So, like, Shane sent me out shopping that day. I went out and bought a couple pairs of clothes, and I came back, and I was set for WrestleMania for the week. I got a call the next day, the next morning, and uh, from the office, and they were like, well, you're going to get – um." You're going to get 500 a day for being here. Like, that's more money than I'd ever seen at that point. I was flipping US hamburgers. too, right? Yeah, flipping hamburgers at my dad's Harvey's. <laughs> it's like, right? 3,500 bucks. This is amazing. You know? that, that was American. So that was like over 5K Canadian at the time. Yes, sir. Yes. Well put. True enough. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that uh, perk. So, right. um, yeah, it was pretty awesome. And, uh, this is the funny thing I laughed at. At the end of the week, when I went to pay for the room, Shane is already gone now. So I, I just had to check out. But they're like, you have to pay for all this porn. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't, I'd never had an opportunity to be alone with porn at that point. <laughs> it was like, whoa, what is How this? How old were you? How old were you? <laughs> I was 20. Well, I was of course, okay. You know, I just, I, this was my first time really. I went from my parents' place to my girlfriend's place, and I had never had a time, or I've never even at that point, you know, had it available to me. I was still watching the scribbled channels. So, uh, <laughs> so, so well, anyway. You played the porn bill. You were left about what? About 300 bucks? <laughs> it was bad. It was, it was, it was 100 bucks. It was pretty bad. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I, I was kind of stuck there and I had no way to pay it. So someone, I, I had to embarrass myself. Well, I didn't say, Hey, the porn, but I was like, Hey, the movies I watch, why are they double priced anyway? <laughs> so, so someone from the company had to pay for this. And then they, <laughs> so then they told me I had to pay the, the porn money back. Right. So, out of that money, I, I mailed it in, but I accidentally mailed it to the fan, the fan, their fan mail. So I had heat for a bit because they didn't think I'd paid it back. And I'm like, no, I sent you the money order, I, my word. And then when they found it in the fan mail, they were like, okay, this guy's sensation's all right. So, right. but anyway, yeah, Shane was really amazing to me. And he was, he always treated me good, like, uh, like a little brother thing, like, a. You know, like he was really cool to me always back in '98. Yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. That's cool. Yeah, that was awesome. So, uh, what's up with you now, man? What's the plans? Where's the goal? What's the goal now, dude? You never, uh, you know, you never give up with goals. What's the goal? Is it wrestling related? Is it just what is it? I'm not sure now. You know, I, you know, I started some comedy stuff. I, I gotta give put my hat off to Mick Foley. I mean, he's done amazing for me to. Ever since it's been over 10 years that he's when he can, he'll bring me on the road and and wow. bring me on his comedy shows. And, you know, whenever he's in Canada, he'll at least call me once and, and put me on one show. And it's got me so much experience doing like just just doing his gimmick. You know, he's he's writing everything and uh, he's he's calling which guys to dress up as and which he paid for the costumes that, you know, that I went and. Um, did on his shows and he, like, he takes care of me too. I mean, he makes these, uh, these local promoters to offer me 50 bucks a gig. I mean, he makes them look bad. He puts me up in nice hotels. He pays for my plane, you know, he feeds me, he takes care of me. He's, he's really, really a great guy, but um, yeah, he's awesome. And so, so like I've had that 
you know, but, you know, I've been mentally disabled for a while. I'm so cuckoo and, you know, I got a lot of issues and they've haunted me for a long time. And I'm, I've had some situations and some relationships that I've not been able to get out of some, some, it's some, I don't know, it's a long story, but some tough times I've been through over the last, I don't know, decade plus. And I've I've really tried to work through my mental illnesses and tried to figure myself out. And then I've had heart issues and I really tried to, you know, keep climbing myself out of these holes and these depressive holes that I've gotten. And it's only just recently and I mean, we're talking 14 days that uh, I woke up from a binge that I went on this binge that I thought I had to be drunk to deal with this bullshit situation I was dealing with. And I'm like, I'm a real empath and I really do have a heart and I, it's hard for me to be an asshole. And I know that sounds <laughs> like if you look online, you know, that you may not believe that, but it's hard for me to be an asshole. And so... <clears throat> To be an asshole, sometimes I got to be this drunk idiot. And so I thought I really needed to be drunk to deal with this bullshit I was dealing with. And I dealt with it. But when I woke up from the binge and uh, the way I looked at myself, looked around, soiled and piss and holes in the walls and uh, bank account empty, I realized there's a fucking problem here I got to deal with it. I got to deal with it. There's, there's something wrong here. I, I never was a drinker every day. I never drank every day or every week or every month. But I either just drank with a friend for celebration or I drank for depression when I just couldn't deal with my own pain anymore. I just, yeah. It's like a volcano sometimes and it's, it's, it's erupting and you just got to try to find a way to release some of the pain and it, it's, it's hard. But um, so I... So I've used it sometimes when nothing else seemed to work for depression. But this time I woke up and I just decided I, I, I'm, I'm going to try. I'm, I, I need to do something because I can never wake up like this again. Mm. And so I went to my first AA meeting and it, actually it was it was really beneficial for me, I found. And yeah. so I've, I've been to a few now in the last couple of weeks and. I didn't even know I was going to start. So I thought I just was going in to talk to somebody. I thought I just needed someone to talk to that day. But as it turns out, as I'm meeting a lot of these people, it turns out maybe I am an alcoholic and you don't have to drink every day to be an alcoholic. And it's like, well, maybe I have these issues to work through. So anyway, I got my 24 hour chip now and I'm proud of it. And I'm 14 days in and I'm I'm like, well, I'm going to keep going with this. Who knows? And, you know, maybe, Maybe there's something I can do to help someone else later down the road. Oh shit! Well, that's it, I- man. That's it. Oh. Uh, people, cool. places, and things. That's the number one. If you really want to get, uh, but first step is admitting you got a problem and you're powerless. Yeah. And we uh, had uh, Ricardo Rodriguez on the show, and uh, he spoke openly about his addictions. And I think he's five or six months sober now. Oh, good for him. Oh, congratulations. So, uh, so he's someone like we've had listened to admitting his struggles and that. So just keep on it, Jason. Just do your best and just, you know, keep up every day. It's the only thing you can do, really. Thanks, yeah, man. so Thank I was – uh, <clears throat> see, me and Paul London were supposed to do an AEW review, but neither one of us can actually find the motivation to actually watch the show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. So oh, I love gonna, London. We got a, like a Facebook page for Cafe, our, our show. And I actually mentioned if people would like for me to review Raw. 
And the, uh-huh. it was a pretty good response. But the thing is, like, I can't do it on my own. Maybe uh-huh. uh, let's keep in contact. Maybe that'd be something that can uh, you'd be interested in, right? Yeah, because cool. we're, we're both yeah. Canadian. We're both on the same. Uh, well, you're one hour. I'm one hour ahead of you. But I mean, we could yeah. maybe do like a post show raw review live Ooh. with the fans and uh i don't know maybe something we can look into i don't know yeah, if the that's comment, an idea anybody, sure. anybody would be interested in that because i know you got an emptiness and i know how much wrestling is a part of your life and it's like when it's not there you have an emptiness that you can't fill i know that was a part with me too when i wasn't getting any bookings and stuff it's like fuck man i would try to cover that hole with you know substance right substance yeah. yeah so yeah, i don't know man uh, you're you're a good dude you've always been overly friendly and just a great person maybe uh we can help each other out you know thanks brother and i i, I feel the same way about you takes one to yeah. no one bro so thanks yeah, a lot yeah. man. i really appreciate what your kind words there yeah, yeah mutual so feelings we, can, uh, we can attempt to watch raw and then afterwards we can like <laughs> do a live stream on here because my co-host james he's from england he's it's actually like what five o'clock in the morning now james uh, quarter to one, not quarter oh, to one. Respect, so since bro. you and I are actually uh, somewhat, you're one province over. We could probably watch Raw and then come on, hop on here and just, you know, yeah. knock the shit out of it or put it over if it's good enough. Sure, not. yeah, sure. It sounds That's interesting. Look forward yeah, to every week. Yeah, you can do yeah. do your uh, do your meetings maybe on Tuesdays to Sundays, and on Monday we'll just sit and watch Raw, and then we'll just. Then maybe you can actually uh, catch on to some of the impressions of some of the people on there and entertain uh, entertain our fan base here. What do you yeah. think? Thanks. Yeah, sounds like a good idea. I'm, I'm open to giving it a shot, so why not? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it sounds like fun, and you're right. I got to admit, every time I think, uh, you know what, I'm just going to be done with wrestling now. I'll leave wrestling behind, and then I'll be all right. It's like, you're right. It's just like, yeah, it's in your blood, and there's an emptiness there, and it's just, it can't. I can't deny the fact that I. Uh, I'll always love it. I'll never. I, I. I once tweeted, "This is the last time I'll ever tweet about wrestling again." And Jerry. Jerry Lawler even liked the tweet. I'm like, shit. Now I can't delete it because Lawler liked it. Right. Right. <laughs> but anyway, right. I was like, shit. Uh, like almost. I don't know. A week or two later, I was just like, I can't get. I can't do that. It's just. It's just a part of me. I can't help it. It's in. You can't help in it, my man. Blood. It's an addiction. That's our yes, number one addiction is the fucking yes, wrestling sir. business. <laughs> well said. Yes. Right? Yeah. We should start uh, AA for wrestling. Well, look, uh, see, look, w- people are commenting w- already. W- look, I was thinking the exact same thing about Jason making him a regular. See? The cafe fans want you, Jason. You're a wanted man, bro. Awesome. Uh, much respect. I'm a fan of the show, too. Okay, well, what would Hulk Hogan say about that, bro? Well, you know something, man? He'd have to train for it, brother. He'd have to hang, bang, say his prayers, and eat vitamins, man. It might be like Hulk Hogan's shop, brother, or whatever they call that, man, with a Hulkster's drinking beer with his young girlfriend. And, hey, Exxon Jim Duggan, that's a special guest, man. <laughs> okay, well, let's, um, you know what? Actually, I'm kind of more, see, this is what we do, man. We brainstorm during these live fucking broadcasts. So, you know what? Let's, uh, yeah. let's try like to, them. let's try to watch raw this Monday. And then we'll, uh, James is going to teach me how to fucking, uh, live stream on my own. Like teaching a monkey how to play chess. <laughs> right. And then, uh, we'll hook it up with you. Uh, Jason, are you on, are you on, well, no, no I got that Twitter account that oh, nobody yeah. else. 
Did you see my message? Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, I followed you after. I, I, I followed you late though. So okay, 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 okay. So, so yeah, uh, I am following you. Yeah, I only have like James and like one other person. So that's three of you. See, that's how special you are. So you follow me back that way. I don't think you follow that me. way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I don't talk to James. Fuck him. <laughs> I thought you were just trying to put me on my own little thing because uh, every everyone's scared of me ranting and I don't know maybe I might make a freaking stupid tweet like like I did a couple of years ago. Oh no 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 no! See, I'm just as crazy as you, uh, even more so. <laughs> I got fucking holes in my head, bro. Uh, love from Toronto, the cafe and Jason. Well, thank you, Polly Mathing. We appreciate right. it. Oh, four twenty. Yeah, there we yeah. go. Thank you. <laughs> cool. That's All right. Sweet. Well, let's. Uh, I'm actually going to message you right after we're done this. We're going to be finishing up pretty soon, and then we'll uh, we'll hook something up. All right, dude. Awesome. Yeah. Sounds interesting. Thanks, brother. Okay. Thanks, All boys. right. Yeah. Looking so, forward. To uh, it. I want to thank you for being a guest, and I want to thank everybody who was in the live chat. And then, uh, when's our next when our next episode? Is it, uh, is it Monday? We we have still got some super chats to answer, Renee. So oh, um, okay. Want to give people the money's worth, so uh, sure. I'll I'll find them now for you. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm just actually, you know, I'm Bret Hart, Mark. I've got them on TV. Give me a Bret Hart uh, impersonation, Jason. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, everybody knows that I'm the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. I've always been better than Shawn Michaels, Triple H, four out of ten. You know, I wrestled Miles better than him. And, uh, you know, I just want to say respect to you guys. You're doing a great job with a great show. And uh, keep up the good work. And uh, I'm a big fan of you, too. <laughs> I keep saying to Renee, it's my dream to bring him on. Once, he, once I interview Bret Hart, I'm, I'm going to stop podcasting then. It'll never get topped for me. <laughs> uh, Did right, you find uh, the super chats? Oh, here we go. Extreme Bob. Was it, is his name for Extreme Bob or is Bob some sort of currency? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, hi, James. Oh, question for me. Hi, James. What do you think of the show as time goes by? In my opinion, as an American, very underrated show. Also, choose one. Sinclair, Amstrad, Atari or Commodore. Uh, I'll do the video games. Uh, that's before my time. Uh, but if I had to pick one up, say Atari. Um as time goes by, I haven't watched it. Um, I'll definitely check it out. It's on Netflix or Amazon or something. If it is, uh, definitely check it out if you recommend it. Okay. So, uh, is that it? Give uh, my best to Paul London next time you guys see him. I love that guy. He's a good dude too. Yeah, he usually uh, he's uh, he pops in every now and then. I mean, sometimes he shows up, sometimes he doesn't. <laughs> We're actually going to print out some shirts. Where's Paul? <laughs> yeah, I always loved him, man. I always loved that guy. He's such a good soul, too. Yeah, he is. One of my best yeah. friends. Me and him's working on a show to add to the cafe, actually. <laughs> so uh, we should be debuting it quite soon. Uh, Josh Coffey, <laughs> thoughts on Conrad Thompson and working Flair pay-per-view. Do you want me to answer that one, Renee? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, go ahead. We'll keep a baby face. Uh, I mentioned this on the live stream the other day. Um, I respect the hustle and the fact that he's managed to make a successful business out of podcasting. 
Um, but his shows have become a little bit stale. They're not as good as what they used to be. Uh, when Bruce Pritchard wasn't signed to WWE, they was really good. But now he's with WWE. He can only say so much, and they do a lot of reruns. Uh, Bruce Pritchard, Jason, and I would imagine you had a bit few run-ins with him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, another guy that I've just berated over the years from all the shit that I went through in Memphis. And, you know, a lot of that shit I went through is when Kevin Kelly was putting me through, but Pritchard was in charge, you know, so it would get back to Pritchard and he didn't really have my back, but man, again, with him, it's just, I've, I've bitched and moan about him so much. I just don't want to go through the negativity. And, you know, I bet you if the business wasn't there, me and Pritchard probably would have been able to have some laughs together. He was funny. I remember him when I first got there, we, we, we he could do some impressions too. So we'd make each other yeah. laugh and, he seemed to have um, my back when I first got the job and wanted to take me under his wing. And for a guy who was on TV and, you know, here here comes this kid who can do all these voices. He didn't seem like he was trying to cutthroat me uh, the way, you know, Michael Hayes and Kevin Kelly were. You know, he was business. So I give him that. But, you know, as time went on towards the end, you know, it just in Memphis, it was a shitty time and he was protecting guys like Terry Golden and Kevin Kelly who were just shitting on everybody. And it just, it didn't, it didn't feel like he was the, the leader he should have been. And uh, a lot of the shit that happened, you know, it would get back to him and he would hold it against me. And it's like, you, you know, you can't fucking joke with the boys. I'm like, well, you know, but anyway, just, but long story short, it's all good. I, I got over it. I, I got no heat with them anymore. And I'm, uh, I forgive him, and I hope he can forgive me for all the bullshit I've said about him. I've said some shit over the years. I've even challenged him to MMA fights, and <laughs> I remember I would one day to watch that. <laughs> I still think I could beat him. We both have heart conditions and stents, so we could right. both uh, we, like. There's no excuse. <laughs> First one to die of a massive heart attack wins. Literally, literally a last man standing match. Right. <laughs> but yeah, uh, no, I got no heat with them. I wish him all the best. And uh, I'm happy he got his gig back. And, um, you know, so I wish him all the best. That's all. Yeah. Uh, this would have been a question for Brian, but I'll ask uh, both you it. Uh, if you can win any wrestling title, what would it be? The Divas Championship. Yeah. Yeah. Got the hair for I it. I would win. I would win the. Um, what's that one Andy Kaufman held? The uh, wow. intergender. The intergender Andy championship. <laughs> yeah. uh, so along the same lines. <laughs> growing up, uh, I loved the IC title. So um, as a fan, it would be the IC title for me because that's what yeah. I grew up on. Uh, Mr. Krogan, James, and Renee, you guys uh, did great. <laughs> Sorry. Not your fault. <laughs> this ain't you, Jason. This is the, uh, the oh, other guy. Oh, is that the oh, old okay. one? Oh, the other guy? Yep. Oh, okay. I enjoyed um, the interview. I know some people didn't, but I did. So, um, yeah. I thought he was shooting on me. I'm like, well, buddy, I, what do you mean? I thought he was just Oh, it wasn't you. Excited. It was our, uh, our <laughs> other guest. It's all good. Uh, uh, see, I think we're nearly caught up now. Um think so um but yeah we've got um we'll have another live stream um monday 
Um, so yeah, we've got another live stream Monday. Uh, well, I fancy that one. Um, can you do a Benoit impersonation? Yeah, one time I was backstage and I was I was just like uh, just kind of sitting back there, kind of sad because I couldn't get it back on TV. And uh, Benoit came up. He's like, "Hey, how you doing? You know, wow. you're feeling this way because it's in your blood. It's always been in your blood. It's always going to be in your blood. So it's okay. You'll find your way back on air. But anyway, fucking, wow. <laughs> I've heard some awful fucking stories about shit you've been through. That sucks, man. Some of these guys shit on you, Renee. It's fucking aw- I didn't even know half of it until I started watching this podcast. Oh, maybe because of my hair. <laughs> anyway, much respect to you, brother. You're, you're a tough son of a bitch for some of that hell trooper. that you fucking went through, man. Much respect, anyway. Hey, man, it's okay. We're all here. We're on the cafe. We're going to start a review. <laughs> I think people are excited. No, I'm serious, dude. I really want to do that. Start yeah, yeah, for sure. No, It'll for sure. I, I'm into that. that. It sounds like a good idea. Yeah. yeah. And I'd be into it, too. We'll call it in the ring, dude. We'll be honest. That's what this <laughs> podcast is about. Is about honesty. That's what I love about it this. It sucks. It, I'm going to tell you, it fucking sucks. That's what I'm I love scared. about you guys. You don't sugarcoat shit, sorry. No, I got no plans of going anywhere. I'm fucking happy in my living room right here in fucking New Brunswick, motherfucker. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Same here. They're not bringing me back after that awful tweet a few years ago what was that oh what was that is that the one that you were in Toronto and yeah I tweeted I didn't even remember what doing it almost I was so drunk I had just oh. I was with my sister I had just taken five shots they were in Toronto uh, I had already had beers before that and then it was like tequila you know I turned like a I turned into a madman on tequila do you and think then... it was do you think it was uh, maybe subconsciously there in Toronto, you had friends that were on the car. Nobody reached out, and you felt like, "Is that what it is?" Yeah, there was a, there was definitely a lot of that, and and it's the whole feeling of every time they're in town, you, you feel that emptiness. It's like I can't even go backstage because uh, nobody knows me or calls or cares. But anyway, you know, Spanky would call sometimes and come see me when he was in Toronto, and you know, you know, you know Brett. Whenever he's in Toronto, he calls me or. You know, Mick Foley, I got, I got, I'm pretty lucky for the guys I know. I shouldn't be like that, but it's true. It's that, that emptiness and it, it, it mixed together with mental illness and, and substance and freaking alcohol. It's like, and weed and it's like, oh man, you're done. You know, it's gone. You, so okay, anyway, well, we got to make a pact here. If we're going to do this thing, you got to be a hundred percent sober. Awesome. Respect. Yeah. Now I'm sticking right. to this too. I'm making a pact with myself too, but you got yeah. it. With you, so you got it. Do this review. You got my word. And I see that you're intoxicated. We're gonna cut it right away. You know what's funny? The last time I saw you, and this was, we were eating. We were eating. Uh, I think it was after a show. Yeah, we did a show together. I think. Oh, in, in St. Uh, Catharines. That's right, St. Catharines, right? And yeah. uh, we were having dinner. I was being such a baby because this beautiful waitress. I was just like in love with her, but she just couldn't get her eyes off you. And I was like, man. <laughs> I'm just, just I. She likes you. I can't even get her to look at me. And you were like, "You're the most depressing person in the entire world." <laughs> no, but I was to you. I brought you down a lot sometimes. But it's true. I can bring deep people down. I've used that 
statement to tell to warn people since then is like I've been told I'm the most depressing, but it, because my depression can bring other people down. But anyway, that day I was 28 days sober and I was counting them and I, I was just sober. And uh, I'll never forget when we got up to say goodbye, hugged, hugged each other. You grabbed me up my ear and you're like, I, I don't care if it's 28, 280 or 2,800 days until I see you next. I hope you're still sober. Thanks, brother. It's like you had my back always. So much respect, Renee. Thanks, yeah. brother. Yeah, that's it. One day at a time, dude. Yeah, man. Okay, we, we caught up or? Got one more. I don't, I think you've answered this question a million times, Renee. I don't know if you want to talk about it anymore. Renee, uh, I, I appreciate it. No, we appreciate it wasn't on TV. It was okay. a house show. Fuck. And uh, that's Fuck. what Fuck. gave me the hematoma, which then got taken out. Exploded on a plane, almost bled to death. It's uh, <laughs> no, that's I'm, why I'm a little cuckoo. Park was out too, man. Uh, the follow up question there, uh, not you, Jason. Your stories are great. Yeah, <laughs> your stories man. are great. Yeah, so everybody, uh, we're all caught up on the questions. Yeah, um, let's see. Um, uh, Blaze thinks you're wearing a toupee. I am, <laughs> it's actually my uh. <laughs> Nothing. I was going to say something dirty. I'm not going to do that. Hey, I have a joke. I have a joke. It's my Donald Trump joke. Okay, what do go. What do the American people and my hair have in common? They both have to pay. To pay. <laughs> Sorry. That's great, dude. <laughs> All right. Oh, there's Jade. Hey, Jade. Okay. All right. So uh, that's going to be it for tonight. I have to. I have to eat. I have to eat. I got to get my protein in. But uh, <laughs> definitely, me and Jay is going to be talking uh, here shortly on the old water. And uh, if all goes well, we might have our first Monday night review directly following Raw. Awesome. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be the huge. best review ever. It's going to be huge like the wrestler, the wall. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So hey, can I put uh, over my uh, Twitter? Yeah, yeah put over anything you want, dude. Just, uh, yeah, at Jason Sensation X, because I've been deactivated a lot, but I'm activated right now. And if you head on there right now, you'll find my happy day at Walmart today. I put up a video. It's great. <laughs> all right ladies and gentlemen expect to see more jason uh on the cafe monday night review with what, what can we call it the sensational we gotta find a name renation i don't know renation depression sensational sensational yeah. something we'll find it we'll find, we'll find that's a name. good name for our fan base the renation the renation <laughs> like yeah i'm like oh i'm a renee dupree guy <laughs> Yeah, I'm right. thinking merchandise. I'm always thinking that's original. Like that hasn't yeah. been done. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, Jason. We'll be back. Again. Uh, I'll message you soon, James. It's always been a pleasure. Awesome. And uh, yeah, thank you, grenade, James. Thanks. All right, guys. God bless. All. Have a good night. Bonsoir. Bonsoir.